Hi, this is Wild Mick Brown, and uh, I'm the drummer for Dawkin and Ted Nugent, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is George Lynch from Mintonoff, Dawkin, Solzoui, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is Don Dawkin, and you're rocking on Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Jeff Pilton, and you, my friend, are listening to Iron City Rocks, where it really, really rocks. Welcome to episode 299 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 299, we're joined uh, for the second time, actually, by Jeff Pilsen, bassist of the band Foreigner. Also, as sure as many of our audience knows, uh, bassist, uh, original bassist of the band uh, Dokken. Also, has played with uh, Lynch Mob, TNN, and a host of other bands along the way. Uh, Jeff is a phenomenal uh, musician, also an incredible producer. So we uh, had a chance to speak with him. He's going to be coming into Johnstown, actually, with Foreigner to do a show March 16th at the Cambria County War Memorial. Uh, Foreigner just released in the month of February a new uh, live album called In Concert Unplugged. Jeff obviously plays bass on it, also is the producer of the album. And all the proceeds from that album go to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, so it was a great chance to talk to Jeff about the album. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, his work as a producer, producing uh, the Last in Line album, which is a new uh, album from Vivian Campbell. And uh, uh, we talk about that a little bit. We talk about the passing of Jimmy Bain, uh, one of uh, Jeff's uh, longtime friends in the industry, bassist uh, who had been with Dio for many, many years, had played bass in Last in Line. Uh, we also talk about the new album. Uh, in the tour as well. So without further ado, let's get into the interview with Jeff Pilsen. Ooh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, pleasure to welcome to the show from Foreigner, Jeff Pilson. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. Great. You guys are going to be rolling into Johnstown, PA, which is not far outside of our, our neck of the woods in Pittsburgh, uh, to do a show uh, at the uh, War Memorial on the 16th. Got a fantastic uh, live album out now, uh, the Unplugged album. So I wanted to talk a little oh, bit about you. that, and sure. also about the tour, uh, and you know the things you guys have going on. So well, let me start with the album since it, you know, it came out uh, early in February. Um, I noticed you've got production credit on that album. So yeah. you want know, to talk about, yeah. you know, you seem to wear a pretty big hat with it, being producer, and you know, not only for Foreigner but with other bands. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's something I love to do, for one thing. <clears throat> it's, uh, I mean, recording studio is just, it's, it's, I love it to pieces, and it's like, you know, it's in my blood, and I, I, I gotta do it. <laughs> right. Even though I'm on the road with Foreigner so much, whenever I get a chance, I'd like to record, and even better when I get a chance to record with Foreigner. <clears throat> so, we're, we're so proud of this live record. Uh, you know, Unplugged is, well, it's, it's get, getting to be something that I absolutely love doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you strip the songs down, you take the song to its essence, and then you just add the colors that make it work in that environment, and it's just so satisfying, and it's such a great opportunity for us to get to harmonize with one another and and uh, utilize all the talents within the band, Bruce Watson playing slide and Tom playing flute and sax and just all the interesting stuff. You know, it's it's very nuanced, and and uh, the fact that we're finding such a uh, enthusiastic audience for it is just amazing. Right. So yeah, I I kind of couldn't be more excited right now. Now you did that um, in Detroit, correct? Uh, we did, yes. Now was that was that like a private event? It, it, that was it something at it Ford? Was, uh, I, I guess you'd call it a semi-private event. It okay. was uh, at Phil Ford, who oh. you know of the Ford Motor mm-hmm. Corporation. Uh, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation is a very is a cause very very close to his heart. He has family members involved in that or that have that disease. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, it was a charity event for that mm-hmm. that he got us to play. Um, and uh, so, it, but I believe they did sell some tickets to the public. I for, okay. I don't know why I'm thinking that, but I think there was some public involved. So it was kind of a combined event uh, for a great cause. And then we decided, you know what? Let's just make this an album for charity. And boom! And it's it's been it's been great. Now I, I have to ask. I noticed this album, if I'm correct, is only available on Amazon. And you know, like you said, the proceeds going to juvenile diabetes. Was there an actual record label involved in this, or is this something you guys were kind of distributing no. on your own through? Amazon? No. Yeah, I, um, it's uh, there. I think there's 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 talks with labels eventually, but for a while we want to just keep it with uh, the Ford people, uh, just so that we can yeah basically maximize the funds that go to the right. the charity. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's I wouldn't call call it self funded. I would call it co funded with Ford. Right, which is you know it's interesting to see the paradigm shift in music. You know, I noticed just today. <laughs> yeah, cheap yeah. cheap trick is, is doing a um, crowdfunded thing for their new album. I'm thinking, well, they're you know on the hall, entering into the halls of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know they're embracing crowdfunding. So it's really different to see you know than it was even ten years ago. Now, when you're producing you know a, a live album like this, okay. Um, are you involved in a lot of the sound in-house to make sure that you're getting the recordings you need to make that happen, or you just kind of work with what you get after um, it's combo. I mean, I, w- I work as much as I can with the sounds uh, when we start setting up and going, you know, re- and rehearsing and sound checking. Uh, 
but not really for out in the house, more for what's going to go into the recording. Uh-huh. Um, the house, you know, kind of goes along with that. But, but basically, yeah, I mean, I make sure that, I mean, we had a fantastic recording engineer. The engineer that mixed it, Wynn Davis, was actually there when we recorded. So mm-hmm. uh, that was, he, he took the technical side off my plate. Sure. Um, then I just had to work, work on kind of the conceptual side of everything. Uh, make sure we got everything we needed, which we did. So um, from then on, it's just uh, making sure that the performances are spot on and and that the uh, you know that the vibe of the whole thing stays you know true all the way through. Sure. Now, like in a performance, I know catching you guys the last time you were in Pittsburgh, I know Kelly kind of you know disappeared into the audience and up into the outdoor balcony and things like that. Do you have to kind of rein mm-hmm. him in, to, you know, in nights you're recording, you know, tell him to take it easy. For that kind of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> no, he he does that on his own. He, he knows, um, but you know, he honestly though he doesn't let his performance get very affected by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he he knows how to. He still keeps performing even though he knows we're recording, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to. He wants to still capture the same energy that you'd capture at a show, even if it's, you know, you have to be a little more stationary so that the microphone picks it up properly. But but he's really good about that, and he does not does not want to let the show go uh, into you know. Uh, he doesn't want to make the show secondary just because we're recording it. Because after all, part of the part of the idea is to capture the energy. So sure. Now. Um you as a producer, was this something that you kind of set out to learn at some point in your career, or was this something in your days with Doc and you just kind of spent a little time around the control room and picked up these skills? Uh, I was always always into it. Um, I mean, you know, I've been. This, it is something I always wanted to do, and and you know, then when I was in Doc and I was very fortunate in that you know we got to work with some great engineers and producers, and mm-hmm. I was always kind of the band guy that sort of hung around with them and. You know, learned as much as I could. I tried to soak it up all like a sponge, and uh, I was very fortunate in that respect. Had, had some great teachers. Yeah, and you've been lucky enough to work with, you know, even, you know, as a producer, you've worked with Kill Devil Hill. Um, you did the um, the latest Vivian Campbell album, the last mm-hmm. of mine album. Any right, thoughts, right. Um, just while we're on the subject, the, the passing of Jimmy Bain? You want to talk about well, how, you know, his influence on you personally? Well, you know, not only was Jimmy a great friend, but he was, uh, so of course I'm really sad on that respect, but mm-hmm. he was also, he was an amazingly influential player to me. I mean, you know, Dokken and Dio started touring together on, on our, well, we actually, on our, on Dokken's first tour, we actually did mm-hmm. some, some shows with Dio. Then the following year on our Tooth and Nail record, we did an extended tour, you know, like a, a whole, all, the whole country with Dio. Right. And so we got to be very close. And, you know, every night I used to watch that band and, you know, Jimmy was amazing. He was, an incredible player. Uh, his feel was amazing. His technique was great. His his musicality, the notes that he always picked, phenomenal musician. So yeah, I was I was hugely influenced by him. It was it's a tremendous honor to me that I was the last guy to ever record him, and um, and then like I say, we were we were really good friends, and so it, it was heartbreaking. I was I was shocked and saddened. Now, um, when you approached the last in line album. Um was the attempt there to get the feel of those older Dio albums or, or did they kind of give you direction on that or how did you approach well, that in particular? Well, I, I just wanted to capture what they were and that's, that's exactly who they were. I mean, they, they, 
were in, you know, they hadn't written together in a long, long time, mm-hmm. the three of them anyways. Right. So when, when they started playing, I mean, of course, I'm sure somewhere in the back of their mind they were thinking, well, you know, it's kind of be along the lines of Dio. But then I think it just, I think um, magic and the subconscious took over and it just went into this place that was, you know, was very reminiscent of, of older Dio, but, but it was very inspired and fresh at the same time. And so the idea was, let's just capture that. And, yeah. you know, most of the basic tracks were done with those guys playing live. I mean, you know, we might fix this and that and mm-hmm. double a guitar here and there or whatever, but it was them playing in the room and it was it was amazing. It was very old school in some ways, um, but but like I say, still real fresh and inspired. So, I mean, yeah. it, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what was going to work with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can almost hear Vivian smiling ear to ear on some of it, you know, oh, to listen to some of this time. stuff. You know, the whole time uh, and to let and to be able to cut loose like that again. Oh, yeah, that, that was. I think that, you know you could almost strip away and, and it just made that a, a literally a single track guitar record. And I think it would have been fascinating <laughs> to listen to, just because yeah. it, he sounds like a kid, you know, in a candy store. Yeah, you know, kind of. I know. Doing that well, stuff. he he was, you know, playing with such an amazing rhythm section, playing music that's very close to his heart, mm-hmm. uh, with a great singer, by the way, and and then and then just inspire, you know, just playing spontaneously with those guys it was it was amazing they just yeah. it clicked without even trying it was amazing yeah it's it's fun to listen to to that stuff you know and also uh, Phil Collins his work with Delta Deep it's it's so different from what he does inside the confines of Def Leppard mm-hmm. you can you know you can really sure. hear the passion in it um mm-hmm. Now, with Foreigner, you guys have got a, a whole mess of dates through the summer and into Europe. Um, one date that stuck out to me, you're going to be playing Vakken. Um, what, what kind of reaction do you guys get in the, in the metal audiences when you're doing those kind of big shows? <laughs> Strangely good. I mean, I mean, we uh, we go down quite well at those at the heavier festivals. Um, you know, because live we are a heavier band than yeah. certainly than people expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know we we definitely stand on our own as a heavy band, and uh, so it's it's amazing. Plus, there is a little bit of the element of surprise. I don't think they're expecting it out of Foreigner. Right. I think they sort of hear the word Foreigner and expect a ballad band or something. Sure. Um, so when we go out there and kick some butt, they're they're pretty they're pretty knocked out. We did a thing called Bang Your Head about nine ten years ago yeah. in Germany. And it was, you know, it's a huge festival, and and it was all these heavy bands and us. And I, you know, you could just feel people kind of going like, "Wow, what's this going to be like?" Yep. And it ended up being a phenomenal gig, and the audience went crazy. It was really, really cool. So I'm I'm hoping for something like that at Wacken, at Wacken, um, and uh, but I know it's going to be good. I know regardless, it's going to be really good. And and those are, those are fun festivals for me, man. Really fun. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I'm so glad you guys caught that show you're talking about in Sweden. Uh, on it was on DVD, and um, to see because I think that was kind of my reintroduction to Foreigner. You know, I knew Foreigner from you know being a kid in Foreigner Four. It was kind of hard to avoid that, mm-hmm. um, sure. you know, Agent Provocateur <laughs> and stuff like that being all over the radio. But you know, I think the the latter part of Foreigner's kind of heyday there was a lot of ballads. So you know, yeah, to see exactly. you guys and coming softer, out, and, softer music, you know, yeah. And the energy that Kelly brought into the band, and at the time, yeah, I think you, were, yeah, you guys yeah. were playing with Jason. Was Jason playing drums at the time? Mm-hmm, I believe. That's right. Yeah. So you're like, whoa, this is kind of like a, you know, an '80s hard rock all-star band with some guys from Foreigner. This is kind of a cool thing. 
Um, it really was. Yeah. It was, so, it was it was a great a great way to kick start this whole thing, that's for sure. Yeah. Do you find that the European audiences are a little more accepting of that? Like, you know, I, I don't know that I would put Foreigner on the Mayhem Festival, you know, in the United States if that would work. <laughs> right. Do you, do you find Europe accepts that a little well, more? Well, I mean, that's, that's because, I, I mean, in Europe, I think there's a better structure for classic rock festivals, mm-hmm. which means they can be heavy. But it's not all newer heavy. In right. U.S., when it's heavy, it tends to be newer heavy. Right. I mean, I think we could go out there at some of these festivals and stand up, but, you know, it wouldn't be the same because, like I say, the focus is more on newer heavy music, mm-hmm. and we aren't really that. So um, right. we're definitely, our heaviness is old school. And um, I, I, I will say, yes, I think Europe has a better a better structure for a better infrastructure for that right. uh, because there are more classic rock festivals I think that's going to start to happen here more um, because classic rock is still doing really well here yeah. and that's it just never they never figured out to put festivals on but, but that's because Europe is more festival oriented anyways you know right. Europe I mean America's really only been in the festivals like the last 20 years since Lollapalooza and stuff right. so um, you know I mean with the exception of you know, us festival Woodstock of course but, sure. but you know I mean as far as being constant yearly touring things that's kind of new in America's uh, you know palette as, as opposed um, do you see foreigner doing a new album uh, of new material at some point I, I see us doing some new material I mean I don't know if we do a whole a record of all new material for a while but um you know, just because we're on the road so much that it would be hard to uh, hard to schedule time for that. But right. I could certainly see us doing a new song or a couple new songs or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Now, um, you had made kind of the the metal uh, gossip websites the other week with some remarks about the future of Dawkin. Um, is that something you would say is firm, or is it just kind of you guys are floating and no. now amicable situation now? You know what? We're we're, we're just. We're just on good terms now, so mm. it's not an impossibility. That's okay. that's what I will say. <laughs> so no, no one ought to be uh, making the plans for the shows at this point, yeah. Not, not yet. Um, no. Have you? Um, I know you guys, you and George did an album. Have you given thought to anything more with George specifically? Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, we're we're, we're good friends, and we we talk a lot. And I mean, I, I try and work with him whenever I can when mm-hmm. I'm home. I mean, I just. Did some stuff with the the Lynch, the newest. I mean, I, I played bass on the last Lynch Mob record. Mm. I did all the bass on that. Uh, but then he's got another record now coming where Sean McNabb is going to play bass. But I did some keyboard stuff with him and kind of got together and hung with him a bit. I mean, uh, I just we love to work together in mm. kind of any capacity we can. We're good friends and we have a musical chemistry that's very undeniable. So any chance I get to work with George, I will. Yeah, no. I mean, I imagine even if you know. Everyone said yes. Playing keyboards on three songs. <laughs> hey, that, that works. Um, is, is the logistics of it kind of the, the big trick? I mean, obviously, you're yes. incredibly busy from yeah. now until August at least. Yeah, um, can only be in one place at a time so far. <laughs> right. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's logistics, exactly. So if we could arrange a Skype concert, perhaps we could get all four of you in this, at least on or the same screen. Record. Well, you know, they, they do ha- there, is, there is getting to be... Um, you know, cloud collaboration with uh, with Pro Tools, which is you know the music program that I use and a lot of guys use, mm-hmm. and so that kind of thing is not impossible. But you know, for the kind of chemistry that George and I really work best under, we yeah. we got to be it together. You know, we can't yeah. be. You know, I suppose if we're 
if it were real time and we could Skype and do that at the same time, maybe we could kind of simulate that and maybe that's what we'll do someday. Um, but, you know, what we want to capture is the, the chemistry. So, right. you know, whatever, whatever it takes. Now, um, does, does the technology as a producer allow you to, to work at that sort of thing while you're on the road or do you need to be in yeah, studios? Yeah, all the time. No, I have, I, I take with me a pretty, pretty cool mobile recording studio now because, because of technology that I can have a lot in, you know, I can put a lot on my laptop, I carry some nice speakers, I carry microphones and we have guitars and so, I mean, I can carry a lot of stuff in one bag that would blow your mind as far as what, what you're getting recording studio wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I do carry that around with me most of the time. And I do a lot of work, especially on the foreigner stuff we do. I, I generally end up doing a lot of work on the road with that. Now, I, I noticed you guys are going to be doing some streaming of some shows, or you may have already done them at this point, um, to the to the web. Do you get involved in, in the mixes of those, or is that, how do you no, go about No, because when we do that, we use our front of house mixer, who is very, very capable and great, by the way. Okay. And we use him, and I think they add in a couple of... of uh, you know, audience mics. Right. But basically, they're using his board mix for stuff like that. So okay. it sounds great. It's it's a little different than it would sound in a you know a recording where you're recording a live record. But mm. it it gets the point across. That's for sure. Excellent. And because our engineer is so good, it comes off really really well. Awesome. Well, Jeff, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you're a busy man, so I, I want to thank you. You'll be in uh, to Johnstown on the 16th to do a show, and hopefully you'll get back into Pittsburgh sometime in 2016 or Yeah, I would, I would hope so, too, man. I love going there. Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You take care. All right. Bye. You, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Foreigner um, for coming on talking to us about uh, obviously the latest Foreigner album again it's called In Concert Unplugged a lot of great renditions of some classic tracks and a couple songs that are a little bit newer as well Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to catch Foreigner live um, I I can't recommend it enough I was uh, kind of a peripheral fan of Foreigner wasn't real real knowledgeable about them until a uh, number of years ago, I had a chance to have them on the show and go and check out their live performance. It was just floored. Uh, the energy that Kelly Hansen brings to the band is just phenomenal. Uh, the solid group of musicians and an incredible catalog of hits that Mick Jones has written. So get a chance to see them. Uh, again, they're coming on the 16th of Johnstown in the Cambria County War Memorial. Not that far a drive if you're in the sound of uh, my voice inside the Pittsburgh area. Worth a drive to check that out. The new album, as I mentioned in the interview, is only available at Amazon.com. Proceeds going to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, which is an excellent cause. So check that out as well. 
Uh, obviously, they're going to be on tour all over the United States and in Europe uh, throughout most of the summer. And uh, we'll look for that doc and reunion uh, as soon as everyone's uh, schedules clear up again. Mick Brown has been playing with drums with uh, Ted Nugent for quite a long time now. George Lynch, uh, always busy with uh, the Lynch mob doing new recordings. And Don uh, is doing some gigs as well. So look forward to someday maybe the stars aligning for a doc and reunion at some point. That would be fantastic as well. I want to invite you to our website, ironcityrocks.com. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, Twitter.com forward slash Iron City Rocks, and Instagram as well with Iron City Rocks. Um, we just put up some photos from the uh, Dropkick Murphys had come through Pittsburgh. Uh, Britt Floyd has been through Pittsburgh uh, recently. So the concert season is certainly heating up in the, in the western Pennsylvania market, as I'm sure it is for most of the country. It's always a little slow through the Christmas months, and uh, I want to thank you guys for sticking with us through the slower months and things are really going to be heating up here in the spring so a lot of killer shows coming your way so till next time thank you so much